I'm your host, Rob Carbone. This is BD4. Episode 205 of the podcast tonight of BD4. I am your host, RJ Carbone. Welcome to the show. If you're new here, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Just go to my website, nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. Guys, hope everybody's doing well. Um, Yes, we did have to delay the podcast an extra day. I had a busy weekend. Um... That's why there was no recap on the Boston Celtics game, but we are back. Um, Going to touch on the last two games. I know, again, we delayed a day, so you know, I'm not really going to touch on that Cavs game three games ago, but um, that game pretty much, it was a rough loss. The Knicks looked like they were going to complete the comeback, but ended up being another trademark fake comeback. Um, R.J. Barrett, two, he had a good game, but he had two crucial turnovers. One of them that could have been argued uh, a kicked ball by Drummond. But nonetheless, the Knicks had their opportunities against Cleveland and couldn't cash in. Um, on uh, Sunday night, they go back. No, they go, uh, they travel to, so they travel to Boston after the Cleveland game. And Sunday night, taking on the Celtics and um, beating the shit out of them by 30. Uh, then they come back home this afternoon, earlier today, um, on a Monday, MLK Day, as I am recording, and the Knicks today also defeated the Orlando Magic at home. So, we're going to get to those two games, um, break them down a little bit, discuss some certain things, analyze a few things, and We'll wrap it up after that. So let's head to break and there's no point in wasting any time. But guys, if you haven't checked out episode 204, be sure to do that because we talked Yankees. Um, it was, you know, the first Yankees episode I've done in quite a bit. Uh, but for uh, a good reason, because the Yankees brought back DJ LeMahieu and uh, they also took a flyer on Corey Kluber, signing him to a one-year deal for about $11 million. So... Um, I talked about that with my buddy Greg. Greg joined us for episode 204. It was a very good conversation. We talked for about 45 minutes to an hour. Um, and you guys should definitely check that out. Once again, that's episode 204 of the podcast. So the second most recent once this podcast episode is out. So um, guys, check out 204. Again, I had Greg from Yankee Crazy Podcast on the show. Um, he was wonderful. We loved uh, what we discussed, we could have went on for hours, really, if we, you know, had the time, but, uh, it was a great episode, again, we talked for about an hour, so go check out 204, um, but let's head to break, guys, and as soon as we get back from break, we'll dive right into tonight's 205, um, on the Knicks, be right back. Hey, fellows, so, really briefly, before we get back into things here, I just want to remind you that if you haven't yet, subscribe to this podcast to bd4 then you can go do that right now on my website you can go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect 
Once again, in order to subscribe to this podcast, BD4, and if you want, follow me on social media and subscribe to the blog that I write, just go to my website. Go to nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com forward slash connect. Guys, thank you so much, and let's get right back into it. Nick Celtics. So, um, first off, I don't know if anybody saw, but that um, Brooklyn-Milwaukee game was pretty good. Very intense basketball game. Went down to the final seconds. A um, bunch of three-point shots hit. There's a good possession where... Um, I don't remember the exact specifics, but it, it was like with under a minute to go. Uh, the game was close. It was at least within three, uh, the biggest margin. Um, James Harden takes a three, misses. Rebound goes back to, I think Jordan gets the board, tosses it to KD. He takes that three. He makes it. I, I thought that was like the perfect epitome of, of whose team it is. You know, and who's the clutch player? Because I've never believed James Harden to be a successful number one. And uh, I've always thought that KD, you know, especially since he's won a ring with the Warriors, um, he's the, the true option on that team now. So <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good example there. Uh, but the Bucks ended up losing, and uh, the Nets edged him out with, like, 120-something points. And, you know, they gave up a lot of points. So... Um, Listen, I think the Nets are going to win a lot of regular season games. I think that's a given. Um, the The issue is going to be, or it could be, you know, the playoffs. You know, how, you know, are you going to continue to rely on offense to get by? Or will they have enough rebounding? Will they have enough defense and, and depth to get through the thick of it with, you know, other teams in the East and... Um, and if they make it far, will they be able to take on, you know, potentially a very good Lakers team or whoever comes out of the West, you know? So I think they're, you know, they've got obviously the boomer bust potential, but as far as a regular season goes, I think Nets fans will enjoy, you know, all, all 12 Nets fans will enjoy um, what they get, um, again, as far as the regular season goes. Um, but the Knicks, we're here to talk about the Knicks, and uh, it's... Um, yeah, again, they lost five in a row, right? Heading into um, heading into Monday or uh, Sunday night, but very quickly things can change, as we saw when they were five and three, and then they lost those five straight. But here we are; things are changing again, and, and the narrative starting to change around the Nick fan base. Um, and they won two straight, so they take the Celtics on yesterday. Um, by the way, I, I um. One more thing on the Nets, I, you know, I was speaking on it in episode 203, how, you know, I gave my take on the whole Nets thing. I don't like today's NBA, like how you can just act like a toddler, cry like a baby, bitch and moan, and get your way. We see this with a number of athletes. Like, we saw Kyrie was, was acting... We saw AD acting like a baby to get to LA. Now we're seeing Harden. You know, the whole thing with the wake-in and, and just being a, a dick in press conferences, calling out teammates and, or, and the team and the organization, whatever. 
I just hate that. How you can, and they give in. The GMs, the organization gives in. They trade them every time. I hate that. And this is a good point that, um, who made this point? It was, because I wanted to say it, but I was listening to WFAN, um, Boomer and, and uh, Geo. And Geo made a good point. He, he, he pretty much said what I just said. He reminded me, though, to say that tonight. And I just wanted to point that out. I, I just, I agree, though. I hate how the modern NBA is, where you can just act like an ass and get your way. It, it, it pretty much summarizes, though, the era we're in, right? A bunch of... The NBA is such a... The only reason I watch it, man, is just because I've been a Knicks fan for for a bit, and you know I've grown to become attached to them regardless of how bad they are. But it's such a bad pre-Madonna league full of a bunch of entitled bra entitled brats. And I'm sorry, I just had to get that out. Um, now I'm sure you know if one of those crybabies cried their way onto my team, onto the Knicks, and I'd have no issue with that. But. No, I, honestly, I just, from a fan's perspective, not being biased at all, it's just, it's frustrating to watch. It's it's annoying to sit and listen to these guys, you know, to watch these guys do that. But um, let's get to the Celtics game. So I don't want to waste too much time on a useless rant. Um, so the Knicks take on the Celtics on Sunday night, and they, again, they pound them by 30 points. They win 105 to 75. Uh, the, the Knicks slash 48% from the field, 81% from the charity stripe, and 39% from three. Uh, they were plus 10 on the boards, and they also had 23 assists versus 17 turnovers. Uh, Boston shot 30% from the field. They were 62% from three, and they were a paltry 15% from three-point distance. Um, they were bad. Uh, the Knicks had pretty much the control of the entire game. It was a wire-to-wire -wire victory. And it was the first time the Knicks beat the Celtics since 2018. November of 2018 donned the Trey Burke game. <laughs> so we all remember that one. Um, but, you know, the Celtics came into this one riding a five-game win streak. And the Knicks, again, riding a five-game losing streak. Uh, but that didn't matter. Uh, the Celtics were without Jason Tatum, but... That is no excuse to lose to the Knicks by 30. They're one of the better teams in the East, one of the deeper teams, so no excuse. Um, they did, you know, have Kemba Walker debut for the first time this season. Um, I think he was, was it the knee injury that took him out? But uh, he was a little rusty, shot 3 of 12 maybe. Um, but so 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 let's just get to the summarization, uh, summary of it. Um, you know, first quarter comes and the Knicks go up 7-2. to two. Um, you know, A decent start in the opening minutes here. I think to get the seventh point, it's Peyton connecting on a floater, and then Brad Stevens immediately calls a timeout. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> um, you know, midway through the quarter, I would say about like the five-minute mark or something like that, Mitchell Robinson blocks a jumper, becoming a trademark. Um, but he, you know, he falls hard and he lands awkwardly. Very, if you see the replay, it's it's ugly. Um, so he comes out of the game for a bit, comes back in later, but you know. Knicks pretty much take care of Boston in the first period, uh, despite Jalen Brown tearing them up. He was the only Boston in rhythm. He had 11 points of their 22 points in the first, um, hitting three three-pointers in the period. Uh, so Jalen Brown was going, but pretty much the Knicks were just locking them down. They had very sharp defense. Um, Boston was just 
throwing up bricks and um you know the Knicks ended up leaving the first period ahead 28 to 17 so uh second quarter comes more of the same the Knicks continue to play defense they're forcing turnovers they're scoring off of those turnovers they're crashing the glass and they're forcing missed shots and um quickly you know he gets hot as always he checks in and he starts taking over with the floaters um it's become a thing for him he likes it it's working um so overall the first half the Knicks were playing good defense again they were crashing the boards so they forced 11 turnovers and they also had eight offensive rebounds in the first half 13 second chance points that was huge um and they held Boston 35 uh, points in the first half so good half um defensively at least second half was pretty much a blowout the, the majority of it was garbage time um Nerlens Noel did step up he played good again played really good defense there was a nice sequence uh towards the end of the third where Noel had a steal and slam so that was good to see him finally do something um and we got some more good quickly play in that second half finding guys like RJ Barrett a few times Obi Toppin um Obi looked great he was aggressive comfortable off the ball ended up with 12 and 5 with a steal and a block in 17 minutes um the Knicks won so 105 75 a good 30 point victory for them uh leading in scoring was Julius Randle with 20 points also had 12 rebounds four assists and three steals RJ Barrett goes 19 11 and 3 plus 32 to lead the team um Mitchell Robinson goes 8 7 two blocks IQ 17 and 8 on 7 for 12 and 2 for 4 from deep um again Obi looked pretty good he was comfortable off the ball slashing cutting him and IQ have a good chemistry developing we saw that more today um so Obi goes 12 and 5 Kevin Knox and Rivers pretty ineffective combining to go 1 for 6 in 31 combined minutes um so that was game uh was 13 of the season uh tonight we'll get to the uh let's get to the uh, earlier today actually the uh, Knicks magic so one last time one last time the Knicks take down the Celtics by 30 so in the Knicks magic this was a good one <laughs> uh, that's sarcasm this was this was rough um it was a win though a win is a win so you know as much as you want to complain about it 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 was a it got the Knicks to seven and eight at the end of the day so back to respectability um they picked up their first back-to-back -back sweep and this this is going to happen when you play day games you know two day games in a row you're not expecting the team to be sharp but um so they weren't you know it was a very sloppy game missed shots missed free throws some turnovers uh, a bunch of no calls um but the fact that the Knicks won both of these games despite performing pretty bad um it's a nice sign right it shows that Tom Thibodeau once again has these guys really fighting and, and they're a resilient ball club um so it was the first back-to-back -back sweep in in three years which was pretty crazy um so Knicks taking on the magic again magic without Markel Fultz he's out the entire year um was he traded though he might have been traded I don't know but they were with Cole Anthony who's obviously Greg Anthony's son uh Cole Anthony was a draft prospect that the Knicks weren't really looking at they were kind of shying away from him the whole time um I I was up and down with him I was kind of conflicted whether I wanted him or not but not off to a great start he's been very inefficient he was 0 for 10 from two-point distance today uh 
two for 12 overall. Uh, but yeah, Knicks Magic, another sloppy game where both teams shot in the 30% range. Uh, the Knicks missed 10 free throws today and they were just 19% from the arc. Um, so things could have been better for the offensively for the Knicks had Tibbs not waited so long to check quickly in in the second half. Played really good again in the first half, but he waited so long and he does this often um, to plug quickly in in the second half. And I think if he would have put him in, you know, even halfway through the third quarter and not waited so incredibly long, the Knicks probably would have had more of an offensive rhythm out there. But um, so quickly didn't really have that same, um, you know, floater game wasn't working as well when he came back in the second half. He didn't really play as much. So. Regardless, the Knicks picked up the victory, okay? So they were flirting with pulling away all game. Kind of never did, though. Uh, they did finally find, find some kind of distance between themselves and Orlando um, with a 14-point lead heading, heading into the final frame. Um, but they kind of uh, allowed Orlando back in it with more misses and from the field and the line and, you know, poor offensive play. Orlando comes back in it. And, you know, it goes back and forth for a bit. But um, pretty much looking at it, it's Randall and it's RJ who were the two key contributors down the stretch for the Knicks in this one. Uh, so despite closing with their starters, which I did not love, again, you would have liked to see quickly out there, um, the guys you want to see thrive really played well. RJ, Randall, and Mitch had some key sequences as well down the stretch. But Randall and Barrett specifically came through. Um, got a couple things I read wrote down here I want to read off um, so at 6.07 left RJ hits a driving layup puts the Knicks up 3 big shot there with 3.50 remaining in the 4th Randall hits a pair of free throws puts the Knicks up 3 with 3.5 three remaining in the 4th so not long after that Terrence Ross hits a 3 point shot that ties it um, 2.49 remaining RJ cleans up a Randall 3 point miss puts the Knicks up 2 uh, 1.40 left Terrence Ross again, a last second heave at the top of the three-point arc. Um, gets it to go. Puts the magic up one. 133 left. Seven seconds later, Randall hits a game-tying free throws. Ties it at 81. Um, and here's 57 seconds left. Randall, an incredibly strong take. I mean, he just bitches. Uh, I think the kid's name was Birch. Birch bitches him on a spin, on a spin lane and ends up converting it. Puts the Knicks up to 83-81 with 57, sorry, to go. Um, 46 seconds left. RJ, really good defense. Big, big defensive play from him. Um, plays the passing lanes, gets the steal, tips it to Bullock. Bullock throws it to RJ on the break. RJ converts at the rim. Extends the Knicks lead 85-81. So, you know, from there, Knicks pretty much sealed it. It was Randall hitting four free throws. Bullock hitting a couple between that. And the Knicks pick up the victory. Um, so it was a good game. Randall ends up with 21 and 17 on an off shooting night. You know, one of his worst nights shooting wise. He, he forced it a bit. He only had one assist. Wasn't great. This is one of those 2019 20 Randall performances. Um, but he came through in the stretch with seven of eight free throw shooting in the fourth quarter alone from Randall. So hit some big shots, got to the line, and hit those ones. So a good win. Um, RJ again, clutch again, uh, double-double, second night in a row, 22-10-4. Uh, shoots 9 of 19 from the field, but missed all three three-pointers, so he was efficient inside the arc, continues to be an enigma outside the arc. Um, 
but he was efficient, and, and you know that's good to see him kind of string together some more efficient games after that rough stretch. He's had a very, a very streaky season. Uh, opening night, he goes out there against Indiana and shoots what seventy three percent was it? Then he goes on a four game dry spell where he shoots twenty six percent. Then the next two games he's fifty three percent. Then the next four games he's thirty percent, and now. We look back at the last four games, and he's just a tad under 50%. So a very up and down very up and down season for Barrett. Uh, but I would like for him to get that field goal efficiency back over 40%. And my goal for him is to try and hit 45 this year. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I think, you know, listen, if... RJ, again, we, we've discussed this all season. <clears throat> um... It would be nice for him to get more ball time. Honestly, if he plays some point forward a little bit here and there, that'll at least get him more ball time, right? I know he's not a point guard, but he has really improved as a playmaker this year, as a passer. And, you know, he does his best work when he has the ball in his hands. And so I think playing him at the point forward spot occasionally would at least help him be featured more and become more efficient. Because right now what we're doing, you know, with Peyton out there running the lead guard position and being the second on the team in fucking usage rate, I don't think that helps R.J. Barrett. You know, he's often, again, we say it all the time, spotting up outside the arc. And that's not his game. You know, he doesn't need to be taking... He, he's one of the NBA leaders in jumpers 20-plus feet away. I was looking it up earlier today. He's, like, top 10. I'm pretty sure he's top 10. Might even be 7. Um... We don't need that. We need him, you know, posting up. We need him finishing in transition, um, you know, playing downhill, bulldozing, driving, slashing. You know what I mean? Just his bread and butter is is the mid-range when, he, when he's got it going. Not spotting up as some catch-and-shoot three-point launcher. That's not his game. So when Peyton's out there, that often, that's, that's what we see. Uh, so I think if you get quickly out there with him more, you know, quickly, he can play some combo guard. Let's remember, he, he's a one, he's a two. He's got a little bit of both in him. Um, so, I, I would like for quickly to start. Tired of saying it. Don't want to waste too much time saying it because when's it going to happen? Um, but, you know, I think the Nick thought process here, you know, from Tom Thibodeau is, you know, we have a chance to contend for a playoff spot. I'm not saying they do. But I think that's what Tom Thibodeau is thinking. You know, being he's a winner and all. He's thinking they have a chance to compete for a playoff spot. Why ruin the rhythm? Let's keep starting Peyton until we start tanking. And once we start flopping and the chances look grimmer and grimmer, we'll go quickly. I think that's his thought process. Do I agree with it? No. I think quickly should be out there right now. I think this is going to be, in the end, another year where the Knicks miss the playoffs. Um, do I think they're going to be lottery worthy, lottery bad? No, I don't think they'll be bottom third in the league. I think they'll be you know, just missing out this year of the playoffs, which is a huge step in the right direction um, if they continue to play hard under Thibodeau. Thibodeau. Um, so, yeah, I would eventually like to see quickly out there. I mean, we're 14, 15 games in, two weeks, you know, of games and we still have to watch this non-existent scoring non-existent player as a scorer go out there and just be below mediocre um 
you know, it just makes sense. You know, IQ shoots the ball, he pushes the pace, he advances it up the court, he moves it around, he has got the energy, he's good at drawing fucking fouls, he is so good at doing that Lou Williams, Chris Paul, James Harden shit. Um, of course, he's, you know, got that floater. Um, excellent operating and pick and roll. Really good with Mitch, Obi in the pick and roll game. Um, he and he plays well with with Knox, with RJ, and really all the other kids. He really has them playing good basketball when he's out there. He plays at a faster pace, and that just helps the Knicks. So, um, let him do his thing. Let let quickly go out there and let him go through his ups and downs. You know, I would rather see him. I would rather see Emmanuel quickly work through inconsistencies than watch Alfred Payton, somebody who's already topped out at a mediocre ceiling go out there and just be consistently bleh, you know? Um, now, eventually, you know, again, IQ, I'm not expecting him to go out there and drop 20 a night. No, he's going to have ups and downs. I think eventually he's going to have to find another shot beside that floater, right? That in-between game is going to have to develop. You know, he's going to have to find some kind of mid-range jumper. We haven't seen that from him yet. Um, it's like it's either that floater, he's drawing a foul on a jumper, or he's shooting that, three-point shot that he loves to take a couple of feet behind the arc. Um, so eventually he'll have to develop some kind of jumper um, in the mid area. But I, I like his game, man. I like his game. So, yeah, it just it just makes too much sense to not start the kid. Um, but, yeah, the Knicks pick up the victory. They're 7-8, and eight and, you know, things look more promising again. I'm not going to say they're a good team because last time I said, are they a decent team? They, they lost five straight. But um, we'll see what happens. You keep it going. You know, we played terribly sloppy basketball these last two nights, but we still won, right? And that's the Thibodeau, or the Tom Thibodeau effect. And um, are there things I would like to see? Yeah, we got to clean it up. Um, some things that have been bothering me all season that I haven't really mentioned much. Fundamental shit. Like, can we please start boxing out? I would like to, to for these guys to start boxing out. I mean, it's it's like a common theme in, in today's game. But, I mean, you don't see any Nick boxing out consistently from minute 1 to 48. There's nobody out there who puts that effort in. I'm tired of seeing three guys around there under the net. And, you know, the ball still not ending up in our hands. We've got to do a better job boxing out. Setting screens, setting hard screens and, and setting them long. A lot of the time I see these Randall, Robinson, though he's improved, setting lazy half-ass screens where they don't hold it long enough and they roll. They roll. They set for like a half second and they roll. A little longer. I would like to see some hard screens there. So boxing out, setting screens, fundamental shit like that. I would have thought Thibodeau would have had them doing, but that's one of the things I would like to see them kind of uh, concentrate on more. Um, so overall, you like the way we're playing, though. RJ is looking promising. Randall is continuing to play at a all at an all-star level. Mitchell Robinson continues to be a defensive prowess. Um, Obi Toppin, I would like to see him start playing 25 minutes a night now. What are we doing with this with this thing? I mean, if he's healthy, he's healthy. If he's not, he's not. 
either play him or don't. You know, he, he got, what, 30 seconds when he first came back from the injury. Gets 10 minutes the next night, 17 the next, so maybe we're progressing a bit. Today, he gets 9 minutes. And this is on a day where Kevin Knox is off, where Julius Randle was missing left and right. You would have thought he got more time. So I don't know what we're kind of doing here with with, with Obi Toppin. Um, again, his development is going to be dependent on what we do with Randall down the line. But, you know, he's kind of looked out of rhythm, out of sync. Not really finding anything yet. He did have a great game against the Boston Celtics, which we just discussed. But, um, yeah, I would like to see uh, Obi out there for at least 25 minutes a night. Just to show us what he's got. And you know, it looks like he's... I'm not worried about him. I see the talent, right? He, he can be a great slasher and a passer, too. Pretty advanced as a passer for a big. Um, I just hope we stop using him as this floor spacer. Right? Like we kind of do with R.J. Barrett. Like we said. Um, Toppin's just hovering outside in the corner. I want to see him more down in the dunker spot. You know, playing in short roll. Um... But rolling to the rim, but I mean, I, I understand it's difficult. We have a lot of bigs that are playing well right now, but something to keep an eye on. And, and playing him with IQ, again, another thing that could really benefit his game. He's really good in pick and roll with quickly in the limited time they've shared the floor together. So, um, Mitch had 10 more rebounds earlier today. Played some more terrific defense, but yeah, another thing I would like to see is let's run some more PNR action with Mitch. Let's get him going some more. Another, again, goes back to can we please start giving quickly more minutes or or the starts? I mean, guarantee you, you, you involve Mitch more, you throw him more lobs, you get him more field goal attempts, and he's a guy who can go out there and score double figures more consistently and maybe top out at 15 a night. You know, uh, he's played really, really good on the defensive end of the floor, right? Really strong. But the offense isn't there. He obviously doesn't have many moves. The jumper looks terrible. He's awful at the free throw line. He hasn't taken a single jump shot yet from anywhere on the floor this season. Um, so right now he's strictly still a rim runner, rim runner. But while he's rim running, can we at least utilize that and throw him more lobs? That's one thing I would like to see. Um, Austin Rivers, uh, has this guy made a shot since his, I don't know, 75 point outing the other week when he scored a bunch in the fourth? He's kind of regressing back down to earth and showing you why we're paying him so little. <laughs> um, what else do I have here? Pretty much it. Randall continues to dominate the mid range this year. The numbers are down near the rim, but he is. They were saying he's like over 56% in the mid-range area. I think that's an NBA, the leader. In the, I think he's the, the NBA leader. So he's doing his little mellow shit, posting up in the mid-post and then shooting mid-range step-backs. So overall, guys, this is this is your Knicks. We're going to have a lot of ups and downs, but we are 7-8, and eight, and I think anybody who asked you before the season, would you be happy that the Knicks are 17 or are 7 and 8, 15 games in. 100% of us would say yes, right? We we are satisfied at least. Um, again, I think the biggest thing is Tom Thibodeau has this team buying in.
right? He has them playing defense. He has them moving the ball, right? They are fighting every single night. They are so resilient. Guys are putting in work, um, you know, good practices. Uh, there was a, a walkthrough before today's game against the Celtics. So there's a ton of effort being put in, you know, behind the scenes and, and when they're not playing the games. So it's paid off to a 7-8 and eight record. He's got his guys going out there and playing hard. And uh, they're showing trust in him and they're showing that they're they're, you know, as each day goes by and the Knicks continue to play good basketball, not even win, but if they continue to play good basketball, you're going to see that, that trust increase more and more. Guys are buying into his system. They like what Tom Thibodeau is doing. There's a good chemistry on this team. You know, you look at the bench, they are going nuts every time we make a run. Love that. Um, got a good group of guys here that really seem to be interested this year. Um, so trying to think if I have anything else to add I think that's it the Knicks are seven and eight and um, who they have next they don't play until Thursday it's the Golden State Warriors who they play at 10 o'clock p.m. so after a couple of day games they go they go to a 10 p.m. they go and play a 10 p.m. game on the West Coast it might be the West Coast trip which is usually rough every year, but um, so Warriors on Thursday have to check. It might be Utah after that, but I'm not sure. But um, that's it. Pretty much that's all we've got. Oh, the Cavs they waived Kevin Porter Jr. and some people are talking about if the Knicks should make a um, make an offer here. I don't know much about him. I know he's averaging like ten four and something. He's having a decent statistical year. But, um, you know, I don't know. The way the chemistry... We just mentioned how, how good the chemistry is and how you know, it looks like the Knicks have this camaraderie. <laughs> and if the Cavs waved Porter Jr. for throwing shit in the locker room because somebody took his locker, I don't know if we want that right now. Especially being that we'd have to wave somebody to get him. I don't think he's that special <laughs> to, to do that with so I would stay clear at the moment um just keep doing your thing and let him go elsewhere um so hey playing well all in all I like the job Tom Thibodeau has done this year but the one thing that I still think needs to change and we're all gonna say it have to get Emmanuel quickly the keys to the starting point card position you cannot keep running Alfred Payton out there did he have a good game today sure he played decent basketball he you know maybe he might might have been the only nick who was over 50 percent have to check but um for the most part alfred payton is not benefiting this team he's not a great basketball player nor does he benefit the guys who we're trying to develop right now um, he doesn't have a modern game it's simple as that so please <laughs> I mean, we, we are we are 15 games in. It's a 72-game season, so um, terrible at math. So let's do the math. 15 divided by 72 equals 21%. So we're almost, almost a quarter of the way through the season, and we're still throwing Peyton out there. I mean, at some point, it's got to change. Um, again, maybe, again, like I said, if we start losing a bunch of games and we realize we're not this contender after all, maybe... Thibodeau will finally pull the plug, but 
I really don't want it to come down to that. I really think we can still be a decent-looking team with Quickly out there. We play better with Quickly out there than when Peyton is. So that's the one thing I want to see change. Um, Kevin Knox has cooled off, but I would still like for him to get some more minutes. 25 a night would be nice. But right now, my big thing is get the hell out of that lineup, Peyton. He has got to find a way off this off this roster. Would be nice, but out of that lineup to begin with. So that's my one knock on Thibodeau, but we'll see. Guys, that's it for 205. Thank you for stopping by. Let's head to the NYY NYK question of the day. All right, so for episode 203, because remember, in 204, we didn't have a question of the day. Um, it was just Greg and I talking about the Yanks. Uh, but in episode 203, our NYYK question of the day brought to you by Anchor was, Wilt Chamberlain dropped 100 points on the Knicks. We all remember. Well, we don't remember it, but we all know of that. Uh, when he dropped 100 on the Knicks, who led the Knicks in scoring that night? So once more, when Wilt Chamberlain dropped 100 on the Knicks, who was the leading scorer for them? The answer to that, it was Richie Guerin. Richie Guerin led the Knicks in scoring that night. So I think it was off the bench too. <coughs> Excuse me. So that was the answer to 203's question of the day. Um, this episode's NYY NYK question of the day is, who led the Knicks in assists? steals and triple doubles in the year 1979-1980 alright so who led the Knicks in assists steals and triple doubles in the 1979-80 NBA season who was that alright so message me the answer on Facebook Instagram or Twitter um, and that is it that's all we've got, guys. So episode 205 is in the books. Thank you so much for stopping by. I am your host, RJ Carbone, and this is BD4, where there's no better way to get your Yankees and Knicks analysis. That's it for the podcast. That is it for this podcast. You can find the podcast on my website on nysportstalkrc.wordpress.com. That will take you to my website. You can subscribe to my blog on the website. You can follow me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can find the many platforms for this podcast and listen to us there. Or you can watch us on YouTube. But if you want to listen to us only, you don't have time to watch, you're on the go. You just need to listen, maybe on your way to work. Not that any of you are even listening to this. <laughs> I've got about one follower, one, one uh, listener, usually every night. Um, no, I think I average a whopping nine. Um, but, you know, for those of you who do tune into this garbage, um, you can find me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, SoundCloud, and many more platforms. So many platforms to listen to the podcast on. So do that right now. Go and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't yet. Guys, that's all we've got. One more time, episode 205 of the podcast of BD4. I am your host, RJ Carbone. 
and I'll see you in the next one. All right, guys. Ciao. This podcast is sponsored by Anchor.